Hello and welcome to the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on December 12th, 2022 from A.T. Shire's home in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. This episode features an interview with U.S. Attorney for South Carolina, Adair Ford Burroughs. We look at why Governor Henry McMaster wants the social media app TikTok banned on state electronic devices. In business, we hear about the state's top industry, agribusiness, and how leaders see it growing. And in a short medical section, research shows that cold weather can hinder our immune response. We'll tell you why. Additionally, we want to hear your stories. We love hearing from you guys. That's why we have a voicemail box set up to let us know what you're up to, how you're feeling, what you're doing. We love hearing from you guys. 803-563-7169. Leave us your name, where you're calling from, and a little bit of what's going on. It's December to remember. Honda days are here. We got uh, the year winding down. Maybe talk about some of your favorite moments from 2022 and what you're looking forward to in 2023. It was a big year, a long year, 365 days to be exact. So give us a shout, 803-563-7169. Now for the latest in South Carolina, currently the spread of COVID-19 is low according to county-level data from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. And we'll have more COVID and flu data for you in Saturday's podcast. Adair Ford Burroughs was named as President Joe Biden's pick for U.S. Attorney of the state of South Carolina in June and was confirmed by the U.S. Senate in July. Burroughs, who was 42, graduated Furman with a math degree, then graduated Stanford Law. She worked for the Department of Justice and then private practice before challenging 2nd District Congressman Joe Wilson in 2020. I spoke with Burroughs about her new position as the chief federal law enforcement officer in the state, what that entails, and concerns about rising crime. Take a listen. So the U.S. Attorney's Office is the federal prosecution and also does all the civil work uh, for the federal government. So um, my job is the chief federal law enforcement officer in the state. If there's any federal crime in the state, it goes through our office to be prosecuted. And we also, of course, handle um, civil litigation on behalf of the United States government and federal court here. So that being said, what are you looking at right now? You've been on the job since July. What are your priorities? You've, you've been on the job. What are you looking to do? What maybe needs to be shaken up in the U.S. Attorney's Office here in South Carolina? Yeah, so my first priority is definitely gun violence, um, violent crime. It just, it is the job um, of today, whatever might else be uh, the issues. Um, so that's where I've been spending a lot of my time um, recently. Of course, the first few months, I was spending a lot of time getting to know my own team and internal, but I've really now kind of pivoted to working on some of these projects on violent crime. The second thing is um, to really look at areas where we are the only protection that the citizens of the state have. Um, so there are certain types of crimes and issues that only we can address because only federal laws address them. So things like civil rights, where those laws really only exist at the federal level, hate crimes, only we only have a, a hate crimes law at the federal level here in our state. And we also have a lot of abilities on com really complex financial crimes that can't always be handled at the state or local level. We have federal investigative agencies able to do things like seize crypto wallets. And that's something that, you know, your local sheriffs or police department not be able to do. So really focused on making sure we're showing up in areas 
where we're the kind of only one there to protect the public. And Adair, just to kind of keep up with what we're talking about, gun violence and rising crime rates just in the state, of course, uh, SLED released statistics that showed our murder rate last year was as high as it was in 1991 with 566 murders. Uh, there was an increase in sexual battery cases, but decreases in robberies and aggravated assaults. Um, so overall, when we talk about gun violence, we talk about gun crimes. What do you see fueling that? And what do you see fueling these, mor these murder uh, increases as well, uh, which have increased 52% in the last 10 years? Is it just easier access to guns or do we need tighter gun laws on our books in South Carolina? Um, so when we're looking at these things, it's really that guns are being used more and more for things that might have been um, less than lethal uh, kind of violence before now. So the way we're looking at it is very evidence-based programming, where we want to do things that actually reduce the violence in the community um, and really on focused deterrence. And so what you, when you look at the data, there's actually a relatively few number of people, individuals that drive violence in a community that are really kind of the, the, the instigating kind of force there. And so we're working with our law enforcement partners at the state and local level to make sure we identify those people. And that's where the federal government needs to step in because we can have high impact by focusing our deterrence and these um, on these individuals that are really driving violence in the community. Mm -hmm. So when you look at what your predecessor did, too, in terms of working with the local law enforcement and increasing those partnerships, is that something that you're going to continue to do, reaching out across the state to all the counties, sheriffs, uh, police chiefs? Yes, we've already been doing that. And so and our partners also include community organizations. So what we know about what actually works to reduce violence is kind of having everybody at the table being transparent and being on the same page. So when we work to map out um, where violence is coming from. And when I say map, I don't mean just geography. I mean really mapping social networks, neighborhood crews, gangs, that kind of thing. Um, we have the community at the table too, to say, let me tell you about what I see about violence in my community. When we do that, we can really zero in on the areas where we can have the most impact. And so we are continuing those conversations and we're continuing to make sure we set up a way to identify those individuals that's not so rigid the way we used to do it with a checklist of like prior crimes so we can be flexible enough to really get at the get at the root of the problem in the community whatever that may be what about when it comes to trust in law enforcement and trust in the community? Uh, that's obviously been something that's been under a lot of stress in the past few years, both both in South Carolina and across the country. Uh, do you see that improving somehow? Is that a goal of yours to also just you know strengthen those community relations with law enforcement as well? Absolutely, it's crucial. What we know is that the community's trust in law enforcement and the legitimacy of law enforcement in a community is directly related to the amount of violence in that community. To the extent there's lack of trust in law enforcement, um, violence rises. And so it's a really key um, to have that community trust for itself, but also to reduce the violence. And when we have that community trust, we have crimes reported more often. People cooperate to help us take some of these really high impact players off the street. Um, and so that's why the community has to be at the table throughout and have input in the violent crime strategies that we're working with in these communities. You can watch that full interview on youtube.com slash South Carolina ETV. Okay, listen up state employees because you can't do your cool TikTok dances or whatever you do on that app on your state phone anymore. 
I'll tell you, this state employee never had TikTok on his phone. I'm going to tell you right there, free, full disclosure. But Governor Henry McMaster last week ordered the State Department of Administration to ban the social media app TikTok from state government electronic devices managed by the department. In his letter to Director Marsha Adams, McMaster said, quote, protecting our state's critical cyber infrastructure from foreign and domestic threats is key to ensuring the health, safety, and well-being of our citizens and businesses. Federal law enforcement and national security officials have warned that TikTok poses a clear and present danger to its users. And a growing bipartisan coalition in Congress is pushing to ban access to TikTok in the United States. Quote, McMaster joins several other Republican governors who have recently banned the app because of fears that the Chinese government could access user data from the app, which is owned by ByteDance, a Chinese company that moved its headquarters to Singapore, according to the Associated Press. Axios reports that TikTok chief operating officer Vanessa Papas testified at a Senate hearing in September that the company doesn't store U.S. user data in China and doesn't share any with ByteDance. Chinese government officials have no access to it, she said. Neither McMaster's letter nor the press release from his office mentioned China specifically. But Axios reports that the main source of alarm is the fact that the Chinese government holds the key to the app's recommendation algorithm. FBI Director Christopher Wray said this Wednesday at the University of Michigan's Gerald Ford School of Public Policy. This control, quote, allows them to manipulate content and if they want to, use it for influence operations, quote. The Chinese government also maintains the ability to collect user data, he noted, saying, quote, all of these things are in the hands of a government that doesn't share our values and that has a mission that's very much at odds with what's in the best interest of the United States. That should concern us, quote. Again, I ain't got TikTok. <laughs> and on the way out, some folks who are on the way out. <laughs> Wrote a good one there. Matt Orr, who has worked for several Republican statewide elected officials like Attorney General Alan Wilson and Superintendent of Education Molly Spearman, and most recently worked at the political consulting firm First Tuesday Strategies, is headed to Washington, D.C. as Chief of Staff for 7th Congressional District Congressman-elect Russell Fry, who defeated incumbent Tom Rice outright in a seven-way June primary. And Emma Dean, Chief Counsel of the House Judiciary Committee, will be moving to the South Carolina Bar Association as Executive Director starting January 4th. Dean was with the Judiciary Committee for 12 years, and as chief counsel to a committee, it's a pretty huge position that oversees the entire operation of a committee, essentially. So some big shoes to fill there. All right, folks, we're going to charge our business section up again, talking about batteries, talking about electric vehicles, and all that's happening here in South Carolina. In fact, we saw more economic development support for the budding electric vehicle and battery-related sectors last week with a key committee vote, without really any remarks given, over $226 million in funding to attract a battery recycling facility to a 607-acre plot in the Camp Hall Commerce Park in Berkeley County, which is near Volvo. The state has the option of issuing economic development bonds for the project or including it in the state budget, which is flush with new revenue in hundreds of millions in one-time dollars. Redwood Materials has said it will invest $3.5 billion in a recycling site that would eventually create 1,500 jobs, according to the Post and Courier. The newspaper says that Redwood has not publicly stated that it's planning to invest in Berkeley County, 
but sources with knowledge of the project confirmed the company's identity last week. The Joint Bond Review Committee approved the financial incentives. The JBRC is made up of five Senate and five House members, though there are two House vacancies right now. Now, the JBRC gives approval for major projects, big agency purchases, land purchases and leases by agencies, and also approves bonds for certain infrastructure investments, as well as economic development projects like this one. What's approved is then sent to the five-member State Fiscal Accountability Authority, chaired by Governor McMaster, and also includes the State Treasurer, Comptroller General, and House and Senate Budget Committee Chairman. Now, SFA meets December 13th to approve the project and others approved by the JBRC. Next up, $51.8 billion. That's the economic impact agribusiness, primarily from agriculture and forestry, has on our state. The industry has grown by 40% between 2010 and 2020, according to research by economist Dr. Joey Von Nessen with the University of South Carolina Darlamore School of Business. And he did this research on behalf of the State Department of Agriculture. He shared part of that research during a press conference Monday with Agriculture Commissioner Hugh Weathers and Governor McMaster. Here's Joey. Agribusiness, among the largest industry sectors in South Carolina, with a total economic impact of $51.8 billion annually across the state. This level of economic activity supports approximately 259,000 jobs and over $12.3 billion in labor income annually for South Carolinians that would not exist otherwise. Agribusiness has also experienced significant growth throughout the previous decade, having increased by approximately 40% between 2010 and 2020, or from roughly $37 billion to $51.8 billion today. Agribusiness represents one of the oldest industry clusters in South Carolina and a mainstay of the state's economy, and is one of the state's largest industry clusters with the potential for significant future expansion. There is no question that agribusiness will continue to be a major driver for the Palmetto State's economy throughout the next decade. That growth of a $50 billion-plus industry by 2020 was a goal that Commissioner Weathers said helped galvanize the industry. Greater marketing, better research, stronger agribusiness development, and growing jobs were just some of the ways agribusiness is booming in the state. Weathers then outlined how he envisioned the industry will continue to grow. But we've also done work in asking our business leaders of South Carolina, what potential do you have? What needs do you have to expand? And in doing that, we've learned that on the horizon with some incentivizing, uh, there's over $800 million that could be invested in South Carolina agribusiness to help realize some of that potential. In order to help foster that potential investment, the Department of Agriculture is asking that state leaders appropriate uh, $75 million in next year's budget for us to initiate the growing agribusiness development fund uh, for South Carolina. And from those dollars, we will see some of that $800 million or plus uh, of investments made across rural South Carolina, where really it is agriculture and forestry that are the drivers of those economies. Weather said that cattle and beef is a ripe sector for greater growth in the coming years, with cattlemen looking to raise calves to finishing age here instead of sending cattle out west to be processed. Governor McMaster mentioned how agribusiness fits in with other economic development successes in the state. As we know, agribusiness is, is our largest segment, and also the other two are manufacturing and tourism, and all of them are just booming. And we announced just last week uh, over $6 billion of capital investment in South Carolina. That's more than any other year. That's a record. 
And I think next year is going to be as good or better. And we're not through with this year yet. But all of these things that were mentioned, those that Dr. Von Nessen mentioned about the, the growth and the strength of agribusiness in South Carolina, that shows the diversity and the strength that we have in our state, which is, is good for our people. Moving on, last week, Governor McMaster announced the retirement of Department of Employment and Workforce Director Dan Elzey, who has led the agency since April 2019 and will step down at the end of February. Elzey led the agency through the challenges of the pandemic when his agency oversaw record unemployment benefits being distributed at the start of the pandemic, when layoffs and leisure and hospitality jobs were widespread and the future was uncertain. Those were some very tricky times. The next executive director will be appointed by the governor with the advice and consent of the South Carolina Senate from a group of three nominees found qualified to serve by the Due Review Committee. And right now, the price for an average gallon of gas in the state is $2.92 a gallon, folks. That's down 11 cents from a week ago, and it's down 40 cents from a month ago, according to AAA. South Carolina is one of 34 states with prices lower than where they were this time last year. We're talking a gallon is 8 cents cheaper than this time in 2021. Andrew Gross, AAA spokesman, said, quote, The seasonal pattern of less driving due to shorter days and crummy weather combined with a lower oil cost is driving gas prices lower. So now you know, folks, $2.92. That's our average cost for a gallon of gas in the state. And would you look at that, folks? We've got a little bit of a medical section for you today, a little, little short section, but one that I want to include, especially some more numbers, some more data that we got data. about COVID-19 in South Carolina. Through the end of October, the state of South Carolina has expended nearly $800 million on responding to the COVID-19 pandemic, according to documents filed with the Joint Bomb Review Committee. That's from the beginning of the pandemic through October 31st. More than half of that money was for COVID-19 testing, so $412 million just for testing alone. That was followed by $161 million for personnel, $98 million for vaccination efforts, $48 million for technology, staff support, and cleaning, and about $13.5 million for personal protective equipment, all spent since the beginning of the pandemic in 2020. Now, several streams have funded the state's response efforts, including major infusions of federal dollars and state money. We got some more tidbits for you. These ones are coming from the Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security newsletter. Data. The US CDC is once again encouraging people to wear masks to help reduce the spread of respiratory illnesses as hospitalizations rise due to the so-called triple-demic of COVID-19, RSV, and flu. One more reason to don a mask during the colder weather months could be to help keep your nose warm. Hmm? Why is that, you ask me? Well, a study published this week in the Journal of Allergy and Clinical Immunology suggests that exposure to cold temperatures hinder immune responses in the upper respiratory tract by killing nearly half of the virus and bacteria-fighting cells in the nostrils, allowing viruses or bacteria to evade this initial immune response. So keep your nose clean, but keep it warm. That's the takeaway here. Next tidbit, in the United States, Pfizer-BioNTech has asked the US FDA to authorize their bivalent mRNA vaccine for use in children under age five as part of their initial vaccine series. Currently, children under five receive three small doses of the monovalent vaccine formula targeting the original SARS-CoV-2 strain. 
The series at Pfizer-BioNTech is asking regulators to authorize would replace the third shot in the primary series with a dose of the bivalent vaccine. Pfizer and BioNTech say that the new series could help prevent severe illness and hospitalization among children at a time when other respiratory diseases, like the flu and RSV, are straining hospital systems. Wash your hands, cover your cough, cover your sneeze, stay home if you're sick. These are recommendations. Welcome to the wind down section. It's our little break from the news. We talk about some uh, lighter, lighter moments of life. We want to talk to you, get your mind off the news, the stresses of everyday life. The news is stressful. We always know that. That's why we created the wind down section. To hear from you guys, give us a shout, 803-563-7169. We love to hear from you. Oh, we love it. I mean, if there's one thing that I love... It's hearing from you, you know? <laughs> Don't mock me on my own podcast Just, uh, that it, my father gave me. <laughs> this is from my father. Uh, I... Just do your part, you know, call in. Give we us love a hearing little, from you. Just a little slice of your life, you know? Yeah. It's not like a photograph where we keep part of your soul. This is just your this voice. This is different, okay? This is the voice. <laughs> you can take this back with you, okay? <laughs> so you just lend it to us for a little bit, a little yeah. slice of your life. And we'll plug it in and then just... I'm not asking for a lot, just a little slice, you know? <laughs> Merely a trifle. A All I want is... Trifle. <laughs> Your voice. <laughs> Speak, Ursula. Yeah. yeah, Ursula classic, Gavin classic loves Ursula. I mean, do I do I like the Disney villains more than the Disney heroes? Yes. Yes. I, I can Does say, that make me a bad person? I, I no. Can, I can bring this up, and I do not want to get into it, but Gavin off mic has been going on and on about Jafar's hands recently. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this guy's been going on and on. You can't shut this guy up about Jafar's <laughs> hands. a boo-boo. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Gavin, where did you say you were from again? Oh, far, far away from here. You've never heard it. <laughs> Try me. Try. Calm yourself, Yago. <laughs> Yago, Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> you'd be the best Yago. I'm just saying. Yeah, I not can... that I see you as Yago. No, but you'd be good. I, at I understand. I have sidekick animal energy. I do. <laughs> well, too much of me people don't like, but like little quips <laughs> here and there, people as, love that. You know, as a mouthy bird. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm a real mouthy bird anyway gavin uh this is sort of apropos to this call anyway Mm. so uh (laughs) this doesn't fall into line with most of our calls and we're just gonna play it you know we're just gonna play it let's speak for itself okay is it another disembodied voice calling me this is just a regular voice it's got a body i'm pretty sure but I have, I will say, I have been in contact with the disembodied voice. Oh my God! Yeah, I have. Do we know? So you know who is it? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not giving any information away. Wow! So okay. you're protecting. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Uh, you're gonna have lines to, have been drawn. You're it gonna have like. to FOIA this information <laughs> from me. Okay. Anyway, here we go. Here's the call. Hello, my name is Andrew, and I'm in Charleston, South Carolina. And this line said it's the coronavirus line i thought it was just a generic feedback line anyway the the lead podcast i was interested in but i think the banter and sound effects really takes away from the factual delivery of local state government which uh takes me out of the experience and i didn't know if you wanted feedback on something of that nature other than that i I appreciate covering the local topics but um yeah, it's uh, these random sound effects and the banter. It's not what I was expecting or hoping for in the Leeds podcast. Anyway, thank you. Good luck. Andrew, thanks so much for calling. We love hearing from everyone, like I say. Hey, everyone's, everyone's slice 
matters. Okay? Yes, and I like hearing the feedback, whether it's you know a little critical or if it's complimentary. <laughs> I'm for it. That's all it is. I mean, it's fine. I'm, I'm not taken aback by this. I've always approached the podcast that way too. Yes, you know this about me, Ad. Yes. We've, but we've always realized too that you hear this all the time. Every you know, all the trade publications I read, it's Pointer or it's some other news publication. Everyone is still trying to figure out what the future of news is. Yes, and podcasting is still very fresh to news medium, and it's a little bit different than your typical traditional news mediums. Where you know, like for example, I have Twist this week in South Carolina, where we're it's dead pretty, serious, yeah. pretty it's serious, dead serious in its no ways, jokes. no sound effects, yeah, no sound effects. So it's it's that seriousness which I appreciate and respect in news because like even when I'm on TV, I'm like if I see a reporter not wearing a tie on TV <laughs> for some reason that drives me still, I don't know. Says the man who never wears socks. Yeah, <laughs> but you don't see my feet. They're the ties of the feet. <laughs> <laughs> they they do bow my feet, but. <laughs> Um, so when we started the South Carolina lead, we wanted to have a little bit more of a personality because we were originally founded to talk with reporters who were writing the biggest stories of the week yes. and show that they are real people too. Yes. While talking in ins and outs about the stories and reporting, but have fun too because we're, we're trying to people. humanize this. Humanize people because it was also at a time when a lot of reporters were getting demonized oh, yeah. and stuff like that. The and fake the, news movement was thriving. Exactly. So what we wanted to do was there's real news. You have mm. real news, but also we're going to show you a side of these reporters mm. that it's hard to hate because they're regular people. Yeah. And so and then when the pandemic hit, we were doing three pods a week and we were rocking and rolling every day. Yeah. But we were remote. We were in a studio where we couldn't really, everyone was social distancing. It was such a world. weird and wild time. And we thought, I remember when we, 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 we reformatted the whole podcast, I thought, I know I wanted to do something at the end that would just chill people out because it was stressful. Yes. You've heard from our callers who are juggling all these things. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, so I wanted to give them a voice, but also an outlet because they didn't connect. have because so, we didn't was, have social. It was a notes, part. To, you know? It was so, a place to connect. Yeah, it's, it's so. a little forum for everyone to come together and talk. Mm-hmm. And we're do, a little goofy. We do, lean into do it. Do I like this part? Do Gavin and I like to just joke around a little bit at the end? Yes. And so, a- Andrew, I'm sorry you don't like the sound effects. I'm sorry you don't like the banter. But you can also stop listening as soon as you hear Gavin and say, say "Welcome to the wind down section." It's true. You know? Like That's you can option. stop. You There's know? always the fast forward. Yeah. But um. But yeah, so we respect everyone's input. We always love hearing from it because it's, you know, I know there's not everyone's always excited and happy about everything we do. And I love to hear from people too. So by all means, give us a shout. Let us know what you think. I love- You can also slide into our DMs yes. on Twitter at SC Lead Pod. Oh, I love getting taken to task. And I love when people tell me that they hate stuff about me. I, it's just, and I'm not it's being, just being I'm critical. not being mean? sarcastic yeah. here. So if anyone else has any problems about how we run this show, drag us, please. Or you can just DM us because I- <laughs> <laughs> I want to be excoriated on here, okay? Well, I don't want that. <laughs> I don't need that for my, my ego. Hate listens or listens. That's all I'll say. Anyway, Gavin, uh, speaking of sharing, I shared with you your Christmas gifts for this year. Yes. You want to go over them for the people? And, and I'll, tell, I'll tell you people my, my gift buying process. It's a he, prowess is more like it. I like to... To push the limits of what you will accept from me. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> this is true. It's good. It's it, good. Sometimes they're absolute winners. I'm oftentimes surprised by what Gavin says. I like this. And so, um, well, Gavin, go over what I got you this year. <laughs> uh, well, uh, the the biggest, the, my most favorite piece yes. is the uh, Joe Camel 75 years and still yes. smoking t-shirt. It, I don't now Gavin Jackson and SC Lead Pod and SC Public Radio do not no. endorse smoking but tobacco. We we I I like old advertising yes. and I like the slogan. 1988 RJ Reynolds. It's got Joe Camel, which is a, a band cartoon. Icon. 
uh, and cartoon it, Big Tobacco. It says um, 75, 75 years, years and still, and smoking. still smoking, baby. And, <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. And it's, you know, it's an XL <laughs> it's T-shirt. An, I put it on yesterday when I got home. It's almost like a modern day large. That's what I'm saying. A so 1988 are, XL is a like a large today. Yeah. So I'm very excited. We, we realized that it's a pretty big collector's item too, so I don't know how much I'm going to wear it out. But you suggest that I cut the short, you the gotta, sleeves you off, cut the, the sleeves crop off, top too, up. and just yes. go all in, yes. which I'm not against. <laughs> you gotta. I almost <laughs> cut the sleeves off before I gave it to you. But then, I mean, how am I going to roll my pack of cigarettes up if I don't exactly. have a sleeve? Which I don't have. Yeah. Well, we let's don't be endorse. clear. Let's be clear. It's all about the look. We're like Will Smith. <laughs> we don't light it. It's just for I the look. I don't swear we my just rap bite songs. It, okay? We don't And then Sean, who's also, you know, producer Sean from South of Spooky, He'll podcast. kick a door down. He'll be really nice. Him He'll and canvas. AT coordinated this smoking effort. Which <laughs> I'm guessing like Big Tobacco did. I was talking to Sean about th- what I had gotten, Gavin, and he goes, "Oh, should I get this for him?" And this is what, Gavin. What'd you get? It was um, another but, Joe Camel accessory. It was a hat. Is a hat. Uh, it's like a light blue, slight tie dye to it. Slight tie dye. Flat billish. It's very, it's very, very in right now. It's very in. Also yeah. from the early '90s, I assume. Um, a little loved, but that's okay. I want that. Pre-loved, it yeah. It says like it, it says it's Joe Camel, and he might be smoking a cigarette. Who knows? I don't even Who's like, to can say? I even say the word cigarette. Ha, uh, Gavin has never seen a cigarette. I've never. I've only read about him. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I saw when I got home, it says smooth character. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's my uh, coughing. Uh, I was, I will say, I was looking for Virginia Slim oh, stuff for you. For, yeah, I would have taken it. It doesn't exist, really. Probably not. Or I was looking for like a cool with a K. K-O-O-L. Like I was looking for those. Not a menthol, which I don't know what that even is. Yeah, what is that? I will say, truly, I've never had a cigarette in my life. I just buy the accessories. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then you also got me a. Um, I got you a <laughs> lithograph <laughs> print of the leader of the Heaven's Gate cult Apple because White. Marshall Applewhite. My, because Marshall Applewhite. Gavin, when he saw the HBO documentary on the Heaven's Gate cult, he went full Heaven's Gate, not like pro Heaven's Gate. No, but, no, we're again. No. <laughs> <laughs> he was about this thing. I just remember it being. A thing. It was so wild in our youth because I'm looking back. It was '97. He was on the cover of Time magazine. I yes. remember that cover vividly because of his eyes. You know, yes. his, his striking, bulging face, eyes. You know, his, just ugh. And so you know this, but like, I guess the documentary, and then he was. Just, it's, it's he's such he, a. He just kept talking. Interesting about, person yes. in a very sad and dark way. But you were remembering things, and you're like, "What's going on, Hale Bob?" You know, '86. Hey, I'm all about astronomy. Truly, I not am. me because I failed astronomy in college. I was great at it. I, I got an A. Complete F. I should have dropped it. If you guys think you're about to lose, don't double down. Just get out. Get, out. get that W on that. <laughs> yeah. Get the W was, on it. I mean, that screwed my GPA so much. Anyway, call in. Let us know what your coworkers are getting you. And yeah. <laughs> what kind of inter office gifts are you giving? Yeah, we have our office party tomorrow. So uh, we'll let you know how it goes. Okay. Yeah, stay tuned, folks. Anyway, Gavin, hit them with the outro. Say goodbye. Have a good week. Thanks for listening to the pod, y'all. Do your part and be like Andrew. Give us a shout, 803-563-7169. You can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We love those, too. And stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. It would be some sort of, like,
little rascals prank where we like set up a smoke bomb at work and we're like, <laughs> and we like high five and walk off down the hallway. Like you're both fired. <laughs>